Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, friends. Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution. Today, delighted to be your podcast host and excited about this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution, creators of Attract, a powerful marketing suite that makes it easy for you to spend less time on the details and drudgery of marketing, more time doing the things you love to do that grow your agency. Attract gives you the technology and the content that you need to find your ideal prospect and turn them into your best customer. What more could you want if you haven't done it lately? Big favor to you. Visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo of their award-winning software today. And again, I am delighted about um, this podcast is um, a conversation between myself and Anurag Shaw, who is the co-founder and CEO of Arius Analytics. Arius is, well, I'm going to read this uh, from uh, Arius's uh, LinkedIn profile because I think this communicates it so well. Aureus is the customer intelligence and experience company that enables insurers and agencies to deliver superior customer experience, leading to greater customer retention, loyalty, and lifetime value. All important. We do this by leveraging predictive analytics and machine learning technologies in delivering the actionable insights at the point of decision. So, um, this is an emerging field and it's important for independent insurance agencies. Um, as you'll quickly discover Anurag has, um, well, this is not an, in some ways it's what's interesting is this is a startup, but it's not that new because he, he has been in business for years. He's got customers all over the globe. Uh, many of his customers are, uh, global insurance carriers, names which you'll recognize, but now is focusing resources on the in independent insurance agency and their relationship with their customers. Well, what could be more important? So uh, we cover a lot of ground. It's an exciting conversation. I think Anurag is on the um, leading edge of cha some change in the independent insurance agency system. And so I invite you to um, take notes, listen carefully, and um, well, look through look through the window that uh, that Anurag is pe uh, peeking through. Um, this may be uh, another indication of what the future of the independent insurance agency looks like. So, if you care about your customers, and I know that you do, that you, you're going to find this to be a really interesting conversation. Uh, before I go, very quickly, if we have been of value to you, well, I would love to see your five-star review. If I haven't earned a five-star review, then ping me at michael at michaeljans.com and let's talk about it. And um, of course, I'll encourage you, connect with me on LinkedIn. 
Let's be buds and follow Agency Revolution on LinkedIn. And now, without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce you to this conversation with Anyarag Shaw. Anyarag Shaw, hello, how are you? Hi, Michael. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Thanks. And I'm excited about this conversation. Um, so, it, because I think you're, I think you're doing, um, well, really important, um, I'm going to say research, but I, I mean that in the very most practical sense on, uh, the insurance consumer and the relationship between the independent agency and the insurance consumer. So, um, this one's going to be fun. Uh, so for those who, uh, don't know you on your, if you would, uh, tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. Thanks. Uh, and again, thanks for having me, Michael. Uh, I'm Anuraksha, the CEO and co-founder of Aureus Analytics. Uh, Aureus is a data analytics platform built specifically for independent agents and carriers. Uh, we've been in business for about eight years. Um, we work with carriers, um, you know, both in India and in the U.S. Uh, what we do essentially is simply three things. We help carriers and agents know their customers better. We help them look at their existing book of business and help them increase their retention and cross sell, you know, getting more revenue from their existing customers. Um, you know, and, and this is a product we call Donna, uh, which is uh, what we focus on. So that's, that's really what, what we do. Um, I, I can, Michael, I, as you know, I can talk all day about Aureus. Uh, you know, we live and breathe the company, but uh, I would say one thing which, which to me really is interesting that we've built over the last few years is that while we have processed more than 60 million policies on our platform, we've ourselves never lost a customer till date. So that tells you some of the value of, of the kind of uh, insights that we are delivering. So. Hopefully Very that good. gives you a little bit background on 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 the business and and myself. And so, um, um, it's my understanding uh, that you've that because your company's been in business for eight years, um, you've got depth of um, research and experience, but you've more recently brought it over to the United States. That is correct. We we started expanding into the U.S. We started in India originally, um, and we worked with several carriers uh, there, like AXA, Allianz, etc., several others. Um, we started our business into the United States a little more than two years back, um, you know, and work work both with the independent agent as well as the carrier uh, segments here in the U.S. All right. And so essentially the, um, the, on the independent agency side, less the carrier side, you um, have a product, you have a technology that makes it possible for, um, for the agency to, I guess, measure the depth or the strength of the relationship. Is that right? Yes, and that's that's one of the most unique thing that we've built. It's a patented algorithm. We call it the centimeter. Uh, <laughs> uh -huh. and it does bring a smile to everybody when we when we use the word sentiment and meter. It's a play of words, and 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 that's why the logo or the icon for centimeter is also a smiley. Uh, but basically, the centimeter is a patented algorithm that tells you 
the sentiment of every single policyholder in real time, right? So if you as an agency have 10,000 policyholders, it's impossible for you to know who's happy, who's not, why are they not happy at this moment, not six months back, not three weeks back, not the last time you ran a survey, but today, right? So that's what the centimeter mm-hmm. does. And that's, okay, that's so what I'm going to draw we, an important distinction based on what you just said. Um, that, for example, a net promoter score will give you kind of a um, an average or a general uh, sentiment, and uh, you'll generally get a, a relatively um, small response. And so it, you don't get a centimeter from a net promoter score on every single customer. Yeah, and, and, and you're and measuring it. No- and, and the other... Uh-huh. Well, the other thing that fascinates me, I, I can't wait to get into this, is that you're digging into the sentiment of another human being without, in this case, without asking them, what's your sentiment, right? So in other words, you're not saying on a scale of zero to 10, what's the likelihood you recommend me to another uh, friend or a colleague? You're, you have other ways of measuring the quote unquote sentiment of every single customer. And we'll dig into that. Yeah, absolutely. You said it right. And and again, we are not by any means saying that a net promoter score or a survey is not important because you always right. want to hear you always want to hear from your customers. There's no way that I would not want my customer to tell me what they think, right? But what we are saying is it's usually a small percentage. Our research tells us that only eight percent on an average, eight to nine percent of customers respond to surveys. Right. So, so you get a lot of information about those eight to nine percent, but you, there's a huge amount of 92 percent customers that you're missing out and who are not telling you what they feel uh, as of now. So what about those? All right. Um, OK, so I want to I want to sort of follow my standard template for this conversation meaning that we, we're going to circle back and dig into the specifics of what you're learning about the relationship between the agency and the customer, what you're learning about behaviors that can affect the relationship between the agency and the customer. But let's take our plane up to 30,000 feet first, and then we'll land the plane. You've been in the industry for eight years or more. Uh, Anurag, I'm not sure what your history was prior to that, but you've been in the industry for some time. You've worked with um, international, globally recognized carriers. And as you said, you've processed more than 60 million uh, policyholder relationships. Um, So so you've got a, a really fascinating point of view. Uh, some depth of understanding of the insurance industry, certainly, um, but you know, perhaps some fresh eyes on um, your perceptions of uh, what's happening in the U.S. marketplace. What do you yeah. see now? As what are the trends and forces that you see really reshaping this industry here? Sure. I mean, and we we see a lot of things, both when we interact with customers, agents, carriers, but also from the data that that we end up processing for them. Right. And we get some pretty interesting. uh, And there are some trends that are common globally. Right. And sometimes trends which are obviously very specific to the, the local market. Right. So if you look at it at the highest level, like you said, at the 30,000 feet level, we see that globally the awareness on 
leveraging data is very high. And people never doubted it. It was just too expensive. You can't imagine a small agency or a mid-sized agency to be building their own data capabilities and you know, hiring data scientists, etc. It was just impossible. The cost of infrastructure was too high. That's changed a lot. I always give the comparison of, you know, look at, you can also think of it as Moore's law, right? Um, mm-hmm. If for, for those who are not aware, maybe I can, I can talk about it that the number of transistors on an IC will double every year. That was the prediction in 1960s and, and see where we are today um, because the cost goes down over a period of time significantly. Um, in the same way, the availability of data is going up significantly and the cost of accessing is going down significantly. So now a time has come where people are saying, okay, I can use it, right? Earlier, it was uh-huh. only the big big boys who could use it or the big companies who could use it. Now everybody can use it. And so now right? um, not, not only can carriers measure sentiment, but agencies can measure sentiment at a very granular level. Yeah, and 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 analogy for me that I always like to give is a GPS system. Imagine how expensive it was several years back, only used by military, uh, and today uh-huh. the smallest <laughs> of the wristwatch, uh, you know, smartphone watch has has a GPS built in, right? Right. Is the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's it's now available to everybody. So it's not mm-hmm. just the big carriers, like you said. Everybody can very easily access it and just use it and then benefit from it. And, and in, in some sort of way, it, it creates a level playing field for everyone, right? Right. Okay. So uh, I always find it fascinating to discover the distinctions between what's happening in the U.S. or the North American markets and uh, the rest of the planet, right? Um, so you had mentioned that at the global level, there are some things which are really quite similar. Um, so now, um, when you come down one level and like, look at what's happening in the U S or the U S and Canada, uh, and I don't, I don't know that you're in Canada yet, but when, so when you look at this marketplace, what do you see as, um, particularly interesting trends that are happening here? Yeah. And, and again, some of them do go beyond just the boundaries, but I would say the independent agent channel in the US is so significantly mature compared to anywhere else in the world that the amount of data that they have, I I don't think most people realize how much data they already have with them, right? Uh, and they are now starting to see that and say, hey, we can maybe use this. Maybe, maybe we can uh, behave in a way that bigger companies were. So I think the independent agent channel in my view is the way it has data, the way it is behaving, the way it has understanding of their customers, I think they are very different from the rest of the world um, and probably in some ways ahead of the rest of the world as well. Um, mm. the, big, the big change I see is that people are moving, in my view, um, and discounted for whatever, whatever it's worth or <laughs> take it with a pinch of salt. But my view on this is that the focus is slowly going from policy and going to the customer. Ah, okay. And, and if you look at it from data, and, I, and again, I, I bring everything back to the data science. So everybody, when they were storing data in the past was policy onwards, 
right? And the big shift I see happening is now we are saying, hey, let's start customer onwards, right? Um, and, and well, first of all, I'm going to agree with you completely uh, that in the, that in the modern age, the um, the attention is really shifting from policy, price, and product, and even internal operations to delivering a a customer journey. Um, so, would you say that the um, that one of the reasons is that the customer is um, the customer themselves have changed. They're in a much more powerful position in their relationship to business. They have more choices. They can. Uh, do research and analysis before they reach out to an agency. They can instantly find out what other people think about you and read reviews, or they can reach out to their community. Um, do, do, so do you think that that relationship between the agency and the customer, is it, it has it shifted? Yeah, the data story is a bi-directional story. So agents have more data about their customers, but the customers also have more data about their <laughs> agents, right? Yeah, okay, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, the, so they do. They do. Uh, they check the online reviews or your Google reviews, and they and, the, and they're reading the agency's centimeter, right? Yeah, so they, they have, have some, they have, some sense they are of building a, <laughs> Yeah, they're building a mental map of you know, who they want to talk to, not just, I mean, reviews is obviously one very important thing. They're looking at a lot of data, you know, this, they are searching on websites. They're looking at, you know, all of these things. Uh, they, they're smart yeah. enough to track information about them. Um, you know, you'll, you'll be surprised how many customers would actually say, Hey, what's their claim ratio? What's this, you know, when, when evaluating a carrier, so, you know, you wouldn't see that in the past. Um, so customers are way more informed than they were earlier. No question Indeed. about it. Okay. All right. So um, I'm curious what you've learned. So you've processed uh, 60 million insurance consumers and their sentiment. What are you learning about today's insurance consumer? Like we said, it's they're changing the, the expectation from the consumer is that they will be served in line with what other service providers are serving them with, right? So, and we always compare to Amazon and Google and, and so on, but they are not just those. I mean, look at how delivery has changed. Look at how, you know, transportation has changed. So service levels, how they used to getting service in all walks of life they want the same in insurance as well i mean it doesn't have to be slow difficult and boring um you know and then that's not acceptable so that's that's change for them more not just because they want it better but also the, everybody else is offering it so why not insurance um so i want to i want to dig into that a little bit i i think sometimes when people talk about this Amazon or Google, um, they're thinking that um, it's instantaneous and they never need to talk to a person. Is that the lesson or do you think there are other lessons? Because the independent agency channel is, is not well suited to never having a conversation with a person. The, you know, the humanity of the independent agency channel is one of its strengths. So what do you think... Um, today's consumer is is learning from other industries that might be more advanced in their relationship with the consumer? And what is it that you think they really want from our channel? So I think you, if you look at and 
from a consumer's lens, it's the question is that they want choice. It's not only about talking. They want options to be able to connect. So it may be chat, it may be a phone call, it may be an email. It you know they they want a choice in how they want to communicate, but they still want to communicate, right? So it's it's not that they don't want to talk to anybody, but they may not the ratio in which they might want to meet versus chat versus email might be varying and it it varies based on age groups you know locations etc etc so there there are differences there also like we said complexity of the product determines how much interaction you're going to have uh, as well uh, you know if i'm if i'm buying a very straightforward simple you know auto insurance versus i'm buying a complex product you know, for my business, right? There's a there's a difference. You're going to have different levels of conversation requirements. So I don't think customers are saying, I don't want to talk to anybody. Customers are saying, I want options on how I want to communicate. Okay. Do you think the uh, complexity and maybe the seriousness or the gravity of the product that people purchase from, from an agency? Yeah, um, I think it's it, both, yeah, both it, do, you, do you think that drives them to, to, to want... Uh, to want to experience and feel and perceive um, a relationship as opposed to, you know, let's say whatever I ordered yesterday from Amazon, I don't want to talk to anybody. It's not complex. I want to be able to push yeah. a button and have it show up here in the middle of the desert the next day. Uh, do you think the insurance relationship is just, it, it's, um, uh, it requires more communication and requires a, 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 a the desire for human relationship? I, I think so. I mean, if like we were talking before uh, earlier, before uh, when we were chatting, is that if I ordered a wrong shirt on Amazon, you know, yeah, it's going to be a little inconvenient that I won't get to wear it tomorrow, uh, but my life won't won't be hurt because of it. If I bought a wrong insurance product, I, I think that's a slightly different story. And when a claim hits, you're not going to be able to return the product and get something new at that time, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, so that's that's a big difference, and you definitely want somebody to look after you and make sure that you are taken care of. Sometimes I think people misunderstand. Again, in 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 my view, looking at all these conversations that we see, it's not necessary that people don't want to talk. It's they don't want to talk or communicate when they see don't see value. Right. Uh, so if you right. are trying to sell to a customer at the time that they are super unhappy with you, right? They would say, I would rather not talk to you, but that doesn't mean they don't want to talk. They don't want to talk right now. First address yeah. their problem, why they are unhappy and then try to sell. You know, the mm -hmm. worst thing you could do is to try and sell to an unhappy customer, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. So um, let's, let's pursue this a little bit. Um, we're learning about the relationship between the agency and the customer. And so you think the customer has certain expectations today that are probably different than they were a decade ago. Um, what are we learning about the kinds of behaviors that should um, be executed from the agency that are, th th you know, that tend to increase the uh, positive rating on the centimeter? Yeah, and, and again, it's not, it's not necessarily one thing that you have to do. If it, 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 if it were that easy, it would have been done by now. But, you know, it's a combination of things. And I'll, I'll give you a slightly different example. Um, not having communication reduces your score. 
right? So no news is not good news in general. That's that's a trend we have seen very, very often that, oh, I spoke to the customer four months back. He was super happy. We have had no communication for the last four or five months. I am still assuming they are happy. And that's a terrible assumption. And and that piece of fruit has gotten rotten since then, right? Because it's been exactly. ignored. Okay, it's been ignored. It's uh, it, yeah, so, exactly. And and so when you say communication, how do you define that? What's acceptable communication? And I would I would say interaction. Uh, it can be communication. It can be message. It can be so there are multiple ways to interact with the customer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even. Something as simple as they're visiting your website or if you have an app, they come into your app is also an interaction. They're talking to somebody in your office is an interaction. So I would I would probably broaden the term a little bit and say communication and widen it to interaction, any sort of interaction, uh, you know, having a more ongoing interaction, not only when, when you have a renewal coming up, right? That's not the only time you want to be communicating or interacting. That's, that's what the customers are um, expecting they they get to see that who's proactive who you know are, are are their agents proactive are they reaching out not only when there's new business to be done or or a renewal to mm-hmm. be made are they connecting at other times those those things become more and more relevant right. um, i'll give you an interesting uh, example and i won't name the carrier here obviously but when we looked at their data they they saw that while of all the customers who were not happy, there was a big section of customers who were not happy because something was connected to a poor service they got in their towing so that happened. So whenever they would have a claim, within the claim, they would respond quickly, but the towing service was not, you know, whoever had it was not doing a good job and that would then lead to a poor experience overall, right? The towing so, service. The towing service, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's the real example, right? Um, so so you never know what what trends, and you want to catch that before it becomes a big issue for your customers. Okay. Um, are you discovering other things like, and, and again, I, I'm, you know, maybe premature. I don't know how much you've learned about uh, today's consumer, but for example, is there, uh, does there tend to be a difference in sentiment between a customer who has one policy and a customer who has multiple policies? Um, it's not a one-to-one correlation, but but it is natural that customers who have more, so more line customers tend to be more price sensitive and more expensive for agents versus customers who have a wider, you know, relationship and have more, policies with with the agency tend to be retained longer um, that and again I don't think most people need data to prove it it's it's a time time tested uh, you know fact that if you have more than one lines of business with a customer they are likely to stay more I, I always tell people make sure you look at it that they're if they leave you know th- there are going to be more policies leaving together right so right you know, if, if they are unhappy, the cost of that is far, far higher mm-hmm. um, than a customer with one policy. Yeah. But if, so in general, um, somebody with multiple policies tends to have a higher score than the monoline customer who's perhaps um, 
price sensitive or, well, certainly less engaged typically in the agency than somebody who has two or three policies. Correct. So they are more engaged and hence, so I would say they are more engaged and they are hence ability to, for you to be able to connect with them is higher. Mm -hmm. Are they always happier? Um, Not necessarily. Ah. They might, they might not be moving because it's, you know, not worth their time to move, or they might not be moving because it's too much of an effort to move. Um, so I think there's a threshold. If if the centimeter then drops below a certain threshold, and the threshold is different for everybody, right? Right. Is then when they start moving out and they move with everything that they'll take their entire business with them. But I would say they have customers with more policies tend to have a higher threshold before they jump jump out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, all right. So now the magic question. I, I guess I, to the extent that we can, look inside the black box of how you actually measure customer sentiment on sixty million people. What are the what are the data points that are available and useful to you or to an agency in determining their score? Yeah. And and. Probably it's impossible to go through the whole algorithm right now, and and I right. I don't want to bore your audience with that. Uh, besides, don't want the IP lawyers knocking on me at my door tomorrow morning either. But uh, essentially, what we've seen is that the data that the agencies have within their existing systems is usually more than enough for them to get started. They just don't know about it. So right. data that's the data that term. they have resident in their agency management system. Just to begin with. And if they have uh-huh. more than that, it's even better. But just a starting point of having their agency management system data is usually enough to get them started to understand the customer, to understand the sentiment, to understand what's going on with their customers and what, where they can find opportunities. Right. So they don't have to go and look beyond and they, they don't need to bring a lot more data. Most people actually say, oh, I don't have enough data or my data is not clean enough. They're, let me tell you, there's no clean data for anybody in the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? There's All no right. perfect data. It's always work in progress. It's like, it's like, your, it's like your house. It's, it's always a work in progress. There's no perfect house. Right? You're always cleaning it. You're always improving it. Um, as far as you can live in it, you know, it's good enough. Right? And you've got to get yeah. started. So okay. you you have to start with data you have and keep improving. Actually, we had one very interesting example of a agent who said, when I started using our analytics, I figured out what mistake I was making in my agency management system. Now I'm going to go and fix it, mm-hmm. right? Of how we enter data in the agency management system. So when you start looking at analytics, you actually might get feedback on how you can even improve your core systems as well so you don't have so i would say there's a there's some amount of inertia of people saying i don't have data or my data is not clean enough yes you should always try and focus and, on and making so, it cleaner and so so within but, the but let it with, not stop you uh within the that data in the agency management system what are the data points that um you think are of significant influence is it um 
number of years or number of policies or most recent conversation, most recent purchase? What what drives? What do you think? The what what's the what's the magic stuff that's hidden inside the agency management system that really drives customer sentiment? So we think of every everything that happens in the journey of a customer as an event, and every event is important, right? Whether it's a simple event like somebody saying, hey, change my dress or somebody coming and saying, I need to add some coverage, right? Or somebody renewing, Mm -hmm. somebody making a claim. Everything's an event and every event has an impact on the sentiment, right? Um, Some have more impact and some have less impact, right? right? But everything has an impact and Mm -hmm. that usually is good enough to get, get started. So I'm... I'm not directly answering your question, I guess, probably is that one event that has maximum impact. Um, I mean, like we all know, in most cases, claims obviously has a big driver and how the claim experience is usually a significantly big impact on what customers think and how their sentiment behaves. Uh, But besides that, there are several, it's not one big event that changes their centimeter score. It's a collection of a lot of Mm -hmm. events that lead to it the score going up or down, right? Okay, right. Um, so it's it's like, it's not one thing that if you could change and then the customer becomes happier. It's a series of events that kind of create an accumulative impact on on the customer's overall sentiment. Okay, so there's, there is internal data. And then mm-hmm. as I understand it, um, at some point you may, or maybe you already are uh, merging that with external data to get a more comprehensive picture of that person? Yes, yes, absolutely. So like I said, start with internal data and then there's a lot of external data that's available that you can enrich your understanding of the customer. And and to me, in my sense, everybody loves more data, but what's relevant data, right? How much data do you really need? What data will help you understand your customers better? So it goes back to the initial part of our conversation, which says we want most of these customers want their agents to know them, to you know engage with them. So can okay. you engage with them beyond just the policy information and beyond just the relationship you have? And if you understand the customer as a whole, so there's a lot of external data that's available that you can enrich it with um, and use it um, to engage and offer them better products, better solutions that they might not they might not know that they need. Okay. Um, so uh, maybe the $64,000 question. Um, how do you know it works? What <laughs> what kind of, you know, anecdotally or statistically, um, what are independent insurance agents reporting to you? Yeah, and, and let's let's take both those. Let's take anecdotal as well as, statistic right so anecdotally we had a very interesting case where a small agency who started using our platform came back and said hey i saw information about my customer who i know for 10 years that i didn't know that he has this additional vacation homes and he has this additional you know cars that i I was not covering and i thought i was a good friend and i was writing all his business Uh, i went back to him and got that extra business signed up now so that's great so Anecdotally, I think he actually even said, you know, cost of what I spend on Donna got covered by that one 
upsell to mm-hmm. my, my friend. Um, you know, so that's that's uh, anecdotal. Statistically, um, we actually put in place machine learning capabilities that measure both success and failure. So when we make a prediction, we allow the agents to tell us, hey, we said your Donna product said, you know, Michael's a great candidate to go sell. He is a vacation home here, go sell him an additional policy. But that was not right. You know, that turned out to be a bad recommendation. Um, they can give us that feedback and we've kind of mm-hmm. built like a Facebook like, and I, I hate to use Facebook as an example, but like a li- <laughs> like and dislike option. So whether mm-hmm. the prediction worked or not, and that all goes back into our machine learning model. So for us, a, a successful prediction is as good as or as important as a un- unsuccessful prediction because it tells us what it is not working for them. And that learns, that's where the whole machine learning comes into place. Say, hey, okay, this was not accurate. That's a data point for us to learn on, right? Um, so agents, when we make prediction, have the ability to tell us what worked for them and what didn't. Uh, and both go back into our let's say our, our factory, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that our predictions get sharper over time because we learn from data across all the, all the customers. Right. Okay. So that's, that's, that's equally important. So, um, you know, we predictions are called predictions for a reason, right? So they are not hundred percent. Right. Um, you know, okay. So, but we, so, but um, as far as we learn and Im- improve on it, that's the key. Yeah. All right, so let's bring bring this right down to the street level. Um, presumably, this data, uh, the the centimeter score, is it's somehow available to Sally, Bob, Nancy, or Fred, or whoever happens to be speaking with the customer in real time at that point in time. Is that right? That is correct. Okay, and and it may indicate to them what, what is it a scale of. You know, zero to a hundred, or how do, how do you? What's your dashboard? Yeah, how do you measure that? It's a zero to hundred. It's a zero to hundred scale. So it's an easy scale. It tells you where where the customers are on that scale. Um, you know, and of course, the absolute number is important. So you know whether the customer is seventy or eighty or ninety. But I always tell people also keep in mind, and this is the other thing that people miss in a, in understanding a relationship. So if I say the customer is on seventy. Has the customer score gone from 60 to 70 or 80 to 70 are two completely different scenarios. Oh, interesting. Right. right. Is there a trend? Is there a trend? Exactly. Is there a trend? Mm-hmm. Is there so customer going from 80 to 70, you should be worried. Customer going from 50 to 70, you should be happy and continue right. doing what you're doing. You yeah. know, <laughs> so so the, the action you take will be exactly different for the same score, depending on how, how the customer got there. Got it. All right. So I I have two maybe last questions. Uh, The first one is presumably then not only do you have a centimeter score on every single customer, but presumably there's like an agency average, like the the agency's average score is 73 or what have you. Is that right? They can see in general, this is how, how we're doing and there's a trend going up or down. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. essentially, it's a collection of all their customers put together and average tells you as an agency how we are doing or as a team mm-hmm. or as a book of business or as, as a region or an office. Ah, okay. You know. 
Okay. Uh, so, a secondary question on that. Let's imagine that, you know, let's say somebody's got 5,000 customers and the customer service reps have like an alpha split, you know, so somebody's got A through H and so on and so forth. Can can you uh, can you break the book of business up into alpha splits and determine, um, you know, kind of what's the average sentiment score for each CSR? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, fascinating. Um, okay. And, and and you know that that we use the internal term, which I think the the industry uses so often, which I had a tough time understanding when I started working in the insurance industry is the trusted advisor. So everybody wants to be the trusted advisor. How do you know? How do you measure it? Right? Who's a trusted advisor and who's not, right? It's mostly right. anecdotal, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't know that, and, and you could use this as a way to know who's really being being a trusted advisor, and I'm not saying this is the only way to know it, but it's usually at least there's some way to measure it. And if you can't measure it, you know, how do you improve it? So, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, here's my last question. Um, if, uh, if you had an opportunity to bump me off my soapbox and deliver a message to the industry, to the independent insurance industry and to the, the leaders of this industry, um, in a non, you know, a non-commercial message, what do you think is important for them to pay attention to right now? Right. So if, if, if I put myself in the lens of an or in the in the shoes of an uh, agency owner, I've been talking. I've spoken to hundred plus in the in the last year or so. So, I my suggestion to them or my recommendation would to be is look at data and what you can do with data in a significantly wider way than just the immediate opportunity you can have with it and. Think of it from a long-term perspective of what it can do to your business. Um, I've been asked this question, oh, the, is it a good to have or a must have? And, and my, my answer to that is, if it is a must have, you're already late. Right? Yeah. Uh -huh. so, so before it becomes a must have, before everybody else has it, use this, use data as a way to create a differentiator. It doesn't matter whether you work with us or use Donna or you use any any other system. Whatever you do, it doesn't matter. Even even start with Excel. As far as you're leveraging data that you already have to improve your business, that's the key, right? Because you have data lying in your systems that you own that you're not taking advantage of. Very right? good. Right. There are companies who are taking advantage of it of your data, there are companies who are taking advantage of consumer data and benefiting while you're not doing it, right? Do it in whichever way you like, doesn't matter, but do it. Use the data. All right. Use the um, data. Uh, if, Anurag, if people uh, want to learn more about um, Aureus or Donna, which I think is the name of the product serving the independent agency community, how can they do that? How should they reach out? Yeah, so Donna, we've created a specific place for that. So it's called Donna for Agents, D-O-N-N-A-F-O-R Agents, DonnaForAgents.com. So anybody is interested, any agents interested in learning more can visit it. Of course, they can visit our website, AureusAnalytics.com uh, or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, 
yeah, uh, you know, reach me or reach the company via any of the social uh, handles that we have. Very good. All right. On your own. Um, congratulations on your success and uh, really appreciate you sharing your insights with us today. No, Michael, this was an excellent conversation. Love it. Thanks so much for the, for the invitation and having me. Uh, enjoyed uh, every bit of it. So thank you. It so was much. a pleasure. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.